We need to go. And you can see it on the PowerPoint there. Uh, we want to first start off in, let's say, Matthew, to give you a little backdrop there. And when I said we need to go, we're talking about the command that God has given us. And if we look at Matthew chapter 28, uh, it will tell us that all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And it's talking about Jesus, of course. And he says that he wants us to go, therefore, to all nations, to all nations. And he told us what to do. He told us he wants to uh, make disciples. He told us he wants to baptize uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told us that he wants to teach those things that he has taught us and that he will be with us always. Then he told us in uh, say Mark, the Gospel of Mark, he told us to go into all the world. And he wants to proclaim or preach the gospel. And that the gospel is the good news. It's not bad news. It is good news. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants to proclaim the good news uh, to everyone. And that's what we want to talk about today is going. And we want to go through Acts a little bit and talk about that. So if you open your Bibles to Acts chapter 1, we'll start there with uh, two verses and go right into uh, today's text, which is in Acts chapter Eight. Now, God wants us to go. He wants us to go to all nations. He doesn't want partiality. He doesn't want uh, us to be uh, select in what we do. You know, just me and mine. He wants to go into all nations. And so when we look at Acts chapter 1, verse 5, he says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my my witnesses both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and even the remotest parts of the earth. So he's telling us that not only are we going to go into the nations, but he wants us to make sure we proclaim the gospel, we baptize people, uh, because baptism is a recognition of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then he wants us to disciple people, and he wants us to go in power. He wants us to go in power. And I think sometimes we forget that. And as we look at the the, uh, movement of the gospel, the movement of the Holy Spirit, I'll start in Acts chapter 8, let's turn there. Then we will see that those things, that's what they are doing. Now, sometimes, I don't know about you, but, but uh, with, with me, sometimes I'm, I'm kind of laid back. I, I don't want to go. I want to just be uh, comfortable talking to who I want to talk to when I want to talk to them. And that might not be you, but that's me. And I have to have a nudge sometimes to go out of my comfort zone to reach out to someone that I really don't know because I don't feel as comfortable reaching out to people that I don't know. And so we see the the, the church, the early church here, they're doing the same thing. They, They have enjoyed, oh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, on the day of Pentecost. Is that correct? 
we, we talked about that in chapter 2. They have enjoyed God just adding to the church daily, such as should be saved. 3,000 souls, 5,000 people, oh, many people uh, being added. They've seen fellowship. They've seen unity where people are selling their possessions and they are uh, just giving, laying it at, at, at apostles' feet so that everybody will be, uh, have something to eat while they are learning about this new way of life. But they've got, they gotten comfortable. What they are doing here, and, and one of the commentators said that uh, after Stephen was stoned, we were talking about a couple of years later, we have people that are still in Jerusalem just having a good time. You know, kumbaya, you know, people like to do that. They, they, you know, we like to just stay in our little groups. And then, you know, we, our life groups can be like that. We can have our life groups, and we, we, we are so uh, close to one another, we don't want people to come in. It can be like that in, in our church, can it? The church of, the, of Jesus Christ. It can be that, oh, we're so comfortable, we know each other, and if too many people come in and we don't know, that's not too good because I don't know them. It used to be that I knew everybody, and everybody knew me, and now, you know, I don't know anybody. It's, it's like um, uh, strange. It's not like a family anymore. Have you heard things like that before? I know you've never thought those things before, uh, but sometimes it's like that. Sometimes, it's like, oh, you know, we used to have a, have a good church before they came in. Yeah. Uh, people say those th- type of things. But see, God says that I want you to go to all nations. You cannot stay. I want you to go. So what he does is that he starts stirring up the pot. It's like the eagles now. He starts stirring it up and kick the little eagles out because, see, they're going to have to learn how to fly. So we see that now Saul, verse 1, was in hearty agreement with putting to death Stephen. And on that day, a great Persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. Now, didn't he already tell them that? Really, before uh, the day of Pentecost came, before the Holy Spirit came, he said, look, I want you to tarry here. You're going to have to receive power and, and, uh, so that you can be my witnesses, and I want you to be my, my witnesses in Jerusalem. In Judea, in Samaria, in the uttermost parts of the world, that's what he said, they are still in Jerusalem. Why haven't they moved? Why haven't they gone somewhere? They know enough, enough information. You know, sometimes in, in Christianity we want uh, to be uh, so uh, knowledgeable of everything. We, I mean, we want to have 101, 102, 103, 405, 607. We want to have everything before we go out and say anything to anybody. But you forget that all you need to tell them is the good news about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he, he died for our sins. He's alive. He rose again. We don't serve a dead God. He's alive. And, and, and he, he has paid the price for our sins. We don't have to suffer the wrath of God. You know, we can be with him eternally. We can just tell them the good news about Jesus Christ. So, Here we see, therefore, those who have been scattered went about preaching the word. So now they are forced to go. Okay, they are forced to go. Now, this is getting ready to be a a movement here in Samaria. 
Let's look at this now. Philip went in verse five. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds of one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. Let's stop there. Now, remember, Philip, uh, we said that he was part of the seven that the Grecian women, uh, the widows, that they weren't getting fed, and he was one of the chosen ones to feed, so we know that he was uh, probably a Grecian. And so he knows what it's like to be in a minority. He knows what it's like to be uh, probably overlooked and things like that. And because, see, the Jews, normally, they don't want to have anything to do with the Samaritans, do they? Oh, there's some prejudices going on, isn't it? Okay? And God says, I want you to go to all nations. We're not going to show partiality in this thing. We're going to all nations. We're going to break down these dividing walls. And see, that's what a lot of times we don't want to do. We don't want to break down dividing walls. We want to go in, and, you know, our relatives. We don't want to go into somebody else's neighborhood. We don't want to go into some other ethnic group. We don't want to do all that because, see, we, there's a strange. See, I don't know how to relate to them. Uh, but, see, God says that I love them and I die for them, too. So we're going to have to do the same thing. So Philip un- understood that. And so he was willing, hey, I'll go to the Samaritan. No problem with me. No problem whatsoever. I understand where we're coming from. But he went now, not only to, 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 to the nation that was strangers to him, to the, a group of people, but he also went in power. Do you hear what I'm saying? We cannot go out without going in power. He told them, I want you to tarry in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. What was that power to do? To be my witnesses. That's what he said. To be my witnesses. If you don't have power, how are you going to witness of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ when God already told you, I'm not even going to send the apostles out anywhere. I'm not sending anybody out until they are baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's what he said. And so they had to wait. Now, what makes us think that we can go out with power without the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Everybody's quiet. Okay. Let's go a little further. See, because I see that when he was speaking about Jesus, see, he proclaimed Jesus. You remember I said? You're proclaiming. The crowds in one accord, in verse 6, were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. Now, we know that Philip can't perform anything without the Holy Spirit. Is that correct? He can't do a thing. We can't do a thing. So we need the Holy Spirit to uh, empower us so that we can go out and we can proclaim, we can break down strongholds in people's lives, we can heal the sick, we can uh, do those things because it's God working through us. But we have to realize that we need it. Verse 7. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, do you think that all the unclean spirits fold up their tent after the early church and there's no more unclean spirits in this world? We know there are unclean spirits everywhere, don't we? In this world. They are here. Well, if people had unclean spirits then, they have unclean spirits now. When we go out and proclaim, there'll be people with unclean spirits. They were 
coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. That's going out with power, folks. That's going out with power. Do you believe that God has called us to go out? According to the scripture, Matthew 28, are we called to go out? Do you want to go out weak and can't do anything, or do you want to go out with power? Okay. Verse 8. So there was much rejoicing in the city of Lynchburg. Yeah, we can put our city in there, can't we? It was in that city, Samaria, but we were in Lynchburg. So we want to apply it here. Much rejoicing. There's much rejoicing any time anybody get healed. There's much rejoicing when somebody, somebody get, get set free. There's rejoicing. There's rejoicing. And we want to rejoice also in that situation. Now, there was a man who was practicing magic arts. Now, this is interesting here because we can really get some, some interesting thing here. I want you to listen now. He was practicing magic arts, arts in the city. Astonishing people. Proclaimed to be somebody great. And they were all from the smallest to the greatest giving attention to him saying, this man is what's called a great power of God. They didn't know what the power of God was. He's, he's, he's performing magic with them, and they think it's the power of God. And that's not, that, that, that's, that can be going on today. R- witchcraft can be going on, and they think it's the power of God. There's no power of God going on with witchcraft, nor with magic arts. But see, they thought it was. But see, they didn't know the real power. But you have the real power. You have it. Now listen to what it says. But when they believed, Philip preaching the good news, the good news of the gospel about Jesus Christ, about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, and they were being baptized. You remember I said go into all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's two things. And we had to go out with power. They were being baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon, who is Simon, the same person up above who was uh, practicing magic arts. Even Simon himself believed. What does that mean? When a person believed in the preaching of the gospel, the good news of the gospel, uh, the scripture says that if you believe in Mark, then you will be saved. If you believe and baptize, you'll be saved. That's what it says in, in Mark chapter 16. It says that. So now, here's a, here, here are a group of people, even this sorcerer, this is one that they call a sorcerer. All of them got saved here. And it says that, and after being baptized, do you think Philip, do you think Philip is wise? What do you think? How do you know he's wise? Because the scripture says so uh, earlier in chapter, um, in earlier chapter said that uh, when he was chosen, he was full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit, didn't it? It said that. Okay, so here we have a, have a wise man. If he's, if he's wise, do you think he knows how to lead somebody to the Lord? What do you think? You think he's wise enough to lead somebody to the Lord? He knows what salvation is. Sure he does. Okay, so they got, they got, they got saved. Women alike. They got baptized in water. And he continued with Philip, and as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. Now, this is the kicker now. Now, when the apostles 
from Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John. For what? Why did they send Peter and John? Why do you want to send Peter and John? We have Philip. Philip is he's working. God's working miracles through him. People getting saved. Even a sorcerer got saved. I mean, they're getting baptized with water. I mean, this is stuff going on. Why do you have to send Peter and John? What's the deal? What do you think? Because, I mean, obviously God has a reason, right? God has a reason. Now, have you ever thought, said, you know, here we have uh, Jews. We have Samaria, which, um, you know, they're enemies. Well, God's not going to save them. I mean, God's going to deal with us. He's, 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 a, he's a God of, the, of, the, of Jews, man. He's not no God of no Samaria. I mean, he's not going to do that. But we better send Peter and John and make sure this thing is, is real here. Because we got to know, because if, if, if it's true, God is up to something. He's doing something miraculous. He's, he's, he's closing some gaps. He's breaking down some walls here, and we, we got to know this thing. So they sent him. Now, 15 puzzled me. It, it, it really puzzled me. Who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, that puzzled me. I know it doesn't puzzle you. Because I know you're smarter than me. So I said, well, God, I don't understand this. You said that these people got saved because they, got, they believed and got baptized. You said that. Philip did it. I mean, working miracles. Now, I've heard, Lord, that once you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's what they told me. Have anybody ever told you anything like that? Never heard of it. Never heard of such thing as Holy Spirit, have you? Okay. Well, okay. I mean, that's what I've heard before. I've heard people say that, you know, when I got saved, I got everything I needed. And I don't need nothing else. I got the Holy Spirit, so don't be trying to... Don't be trying to tell me about a second experience because there is no such thing as a second experience. There's just one experience. You get baptized in water. You get saved. And that's it. Because after all, you do have the Holy Spirit, don't you? When you get saved, you do have the, Come on now, shake your head. Say, do it like that. Okay, you do have the Holy Spirit. Because if you get saved, you, you have to be baptized into the body. And the Spirit of God has to regenerate you. So you, you have the Holy Spirit. Anybody who gets saved, you have the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you the truth now. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. You have the Holy Spirit. You got it. You got the Holy Spirit. Okay? But, but, you remember when I said the word but? Okay. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't end there because I see that these people, they got saved. They believed. They got baptized in water. That means that they got baptized into the body also. That means the Holy Spirit regenerated them. That means they have the Holy Spirit inside them. But they didn't have the Holy Spirit. It says that my version said that he had to pray for them because verse 16 said he had not yet fallen upon them. Now you remember I told you one time when we were teaching this message, teaching a message in it from Max, I said, don't get hung up on words because I don't care where it says falling on. I don't care what it says feel. I don't care if it says baptized. I don't care what he says. It's the same experience. You remember I showed you through scripture. You remember that? Okay. So 
he had not yet fallen on them. We can say he, they are not yet filled with the spirit. They are not yet baptized with the spirit. We can say any of those words because all of them are true. Why were not they not filled with the spirit? Why were they not baptized with the spirit? Why can you get saved and not get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Are we looking at scripture? Just making sure that my Bible says the same thing in your Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, just look up there. Okay, on one of the PowerPoint, and it's going to tell you that's what the scripture says. So now, if anybody ever tells you from now on, there's no such thing as a second experience, you tell them, whoa, whoa, what are you reading out of the Quran? What you reading out of? You can't be reading out of the whole Bible, baby. You can't be reading out because I was in church, and I know that in Acts chapter 8, verse 14, 15, they said that they got saved, and they the Holy Spirit hadn't fallen upon them, so I know it got to be a second experience. There has to be a second experience. If it weren't a second experience, they wouldn't have never gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit. Never. Because he had fallen on them. Suppose Peter and John had a theology like some people have. And I know you don't have that theology, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you somebody in here has been taught that. Guarantee you. There's no such thing as a second experience. It's only one. That's it. And so I like to, now, I'm not teaching a doctrine, okay? I'm, I'm teaching the word of God, okay? I'm teaching the word of God. I'm not trying to teach a topical. I'm trying to teach what the word of God says. We're teaching Acts. And so I see that, and I say, okay, God. Okay, God. Now I've learned something new, that I can be saved, I can get somebody saved, and I know that they still need to be filled with the Spirit. Okay? Now, remember, I'm not teaching a doctrine, okay? Let's go on. Because I want you to hold that thought now. I said now, hold that thought because we're going on. Now, listen. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So now we know two instances at least. We have the day of Pentecost. Who laid hands on the 120 that was up there in the upper room? Who laid hands on them? Nobody laid their hands on them. Did they receive the Holy Spirit? Yes, he fell on them. They were filled. They were baptized. No hands. Here we see that they had hands laid on them. So that tells me that the Holy Spirit, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can fall on you and nobody touch you. And also it tells me that somebody can lay hands on you and, and impart the Holy Spirit to you too. Are, are you following me? Because this is what the scripture is saying here in, in two different places. Now we're not going to go through what Simon all uh, did and all like that because that's not the not the biggest thing here because uh, we will go on. Now we go to another spreading of the gospel and the move, movement of the gospel. The Holy Spirit is moving. Let's see what the Spirit is up to now. Verse 26. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, get up, go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now here we're talking about a road, a desert road leading down from Jerusalem is going on down southwest here. It says, so he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch 
a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Now, I think they were, they were probably not Jews. What do you think? Right? They probably had, had a skin color probably different from Philip. What do you think? Hmm? God doesn't want partiality, does he? We're going into all nations, aren't we? Okay, so the angel is orchestrating. We're moving. We're moving. The spirit of God is moving. I need your help, Philip. This is what we're going to do. Uh, now, this eunuch was in charge of uh, all tre- uh, Candace's treasure, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship. So this tells us something about this eunuch. He came to Jerusalem to worship. That means he was either a proselyte, or that means he was a God-fearer, one of the two. Okay, he couldn't, been, he couldn't have been just somebody just wandering uh, from the court of Candace and just wandered up, up to Jerusalem. He came for a purpose. Now, he's on his way back. And he's reading. He's reading the scripture. And so Philip comes up, catches up to the chariot, and he says, um, he ran up to him in verse 30 and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Let me tell you, he said, go into all the the nations, and make disciples. People need guidance. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sometimes people don't understand things, and they need somebody to help them. And, but you must be willing to give your time, your uh, knowledge, and, and uh, uh, sometimes your substance, because well, sometimes they might not even have a Bible, uh, to help them to disciple people. Go into all the nations. Not only are we going to proclaim the good news, we're going to also baptize them in water. We're going to also... Uh, Make sure that they are disciples, aren't we? Aren't we? Okay. Now, let's, let's see what happens. Because this is important. Now, he was reading from Isaiah. And he, he says, okay, now, I don't know who this man is talking about. He's either talking about himself or he's talking about somebody else. Who is this man talking about? So, Philip begins right there and starts telling him about Jesus Christ, which is a great uh, one in, in, in um, Isaiah 53. And we won't go into that. Let's go to 34. The eunuch answered Philip and said, please tell me whom uh, this prophet is talking about, or himself or someone else. Then Philip opened the mouth and began preaching the, uh, the, from that scripture, preaching Jesus Christ to him. And they went along the road and they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, water. What, what, what's the deal? He had never seen any water before. He's ready to get baptized, isn't he? Because when he's taught, talking about Jesus Christ, this, this eunuch, he knew something was missing, see. Oh, he had what the Jews were talking about, but, but the Jews were saying, hey, man, this is the Messiah. He hasn't come. No, he, don't even worry about him no more. We're going to even stop talking about him because these, these Jews, these others, one, these old Christians, they are talking about uh, these, this, this Messiah has already come. So we're going, we're going to just forget about what Isaiah is talking about. Just say, he, we don't know who he's talking about. He's talking about, he, maybe he's talking about himself. Maybe he's talking about somebody else. And then Philip said, oh, no, he's talking about the Messiah. He, he has come. It's just Jesus we're talking about. When you, when you're in Jerusalem, didn't you hear about this man who, who died? They, they crucified and he rose again. Didn't you hear? Oh, yes, I heard about that. That's Jesus, man. And so he said, hey, here's some water. Here's some water. Hey, you, you baptize me. You need to be ready to baptize people when they get saved. Okay? We're ready to open that up uh, to baptize somebody um, starting uh, in the new year. Next month, we're going to have some baptisms. And you say, well, we've got to have somebody saved. We already got somebody saved. We just haven't baptized them. Okay? We're going to throw them in there, and we're going to baptize them. Okay? <laughs> we're going to get them in there. We're going to get them wet. 
Now, listen, listen what happens now. Listen what happens. Because, see, see, remember, remember, they got to have some power. Got to have some power. You, you, hear, you hear it. This man is going back to, to Ethiopia. Ethiopia. He has to have some power. Let's see what happens. Now, 37. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down in the water, and Philip, Philip as well, as the eunuch, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. And Philip was found in another place. Now, let me ask you. Let me ask you. I thought, I thought now, that once you get somebody saved, you tell them the good news about the gospel of Jesus, you get them baptized in water. I thought that the next thing you're going to do is make sure they are endured with power. What do you think? Because they're going to have to have power. If this man's going back to Ethiopia, he's going to have to have some power. What do you think? Have some power. Where is the power? What happened to this man? Philip, does he have the wisdom? What do you think? He has wisdom? What's happening then? Tell me what's happening. Y'all are smarter than I am. What's happening in this thing? Because I see, I, I, I mean, I just see. I see they are Pentecost. I see somebody, uh, uh, they, they're just up there, man. They, they worship, they're praying, they, they're doing all that, and here's the Holy Spirit fall. Then I see somebody, they get saved, they get baptized, and, and nothing happens to them. And I see the, the, the Peter and uh, Peter, see John, they had to come, they had to lay hands on them to get baptized. I see the unit. Uh, they come up out of the water and poof, Philip gone. Hadn't baptized nobody. Gone. Gone. They send this man back to Ethiopia with no power. What do you think? Do you think, do you think he's going with power, without power? What do you think? They, they, these, are, these are just thoughts now. I, I'm just giving you thoughts. So that you can, I'm not teaching doctrine. Now. I'm, I'm not teaching topical. I'm teaching just the word of God. Because I want you thinking I want to cut out all your preconceived stuff that people have taught you so that you will say, God, I see a lot of stuff in here, and you're a sovereign God. You do what you want to, how you want to, with whom you want to, but I know there are, there are some principles, and I know I got to walk in the same, but I don't know how to do this thing. I don't know all the, all the, all the, all the protocol. I'm not going to start saying, okay, you got to do one, two, three, four, five, or else you're not saved. People do that. In some churches, they do that. Well, if you're not this right here, then you you know, oh, come on. I want to see what the Bible says because the Bible is true and every man is a liar. Is that correct? If they are saying something about it that's not in this Bible. Let's go to another place. Let's go to uh, chapter 9. Now we're talking about Saul. The one who, the Apostle Paul later on, we're talking about the one who um, persecuted the church and, and the church scattered. We know that Jesus uh, came to him and said, yeah, why, why are you persecuting me? And he said, well, you know, all this stuff. And, and he, we know he was blinded. Yeah, let's, let's pick it up. Let's pick it up a little further down here so we'll um, find out what happened to him.
verse 16. Let's go to verse 15 of chapter 9. But the Lord said, go, for he is my chosen instrument of mine. So Ananias here, who God is using to, uh, uh, to open Saul's eyes. He's going to bear my name to the Gentiles and the kings and, and, and to the sons of Israel. For I will show him how much he has to suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And after laying hands, his hands on him, said, and he laid some hands on him. Why are you laying hands on that man? He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So he lays hands on him. He's trying to make sure of something. What is he trying to make sure of? Not only does he want his sight, but he wants him to be the, what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, we can say it another way. We want him to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We can say it another way. We want the Holy Spirit to fall on him. Or we can say no. We want him to be endured with power. We can say it any kind of way we want to, but it's the same experience. Now, this is Saul. Now, now we have so far three instances that you remember I told you from the beginning. We had to go. We need to go. We make, make disciples of all nations. So we're going to go to all nations. We're going to make disciples. We're going to baptize them. We're going to um, uh, proclaim Jesus Christ. But we also got to make sure that they are, we're going with power. You remember we said that? In power. We got to go in power. I submit to you today that we have to have power. And that of all the instances in the Bible, I'm telling you in Acts, people had power. I'm telling you. They had power. And sometimes, sometimes we don't see where like the, like the Ethiopian unit, we don't see what God did, but because of all the other things that, that was happening, the, uh, the, the norm, the normality, the thing is that you got to have power if you're going out to proclaim the gospel. He already told us that. You gotta have some power. And so if you're gonna have power, you're gonna have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're gonna have to be filled. You had to be baptized. You had to be baptized. You said, "Well, are you going to end the message today and try to get all of us to speak in tongues?" See, I, I know what you're thinking. See, see, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. No, mm-mm. It, 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 let me tell you, it's not about tongues. It, it said, it didn't say. Uh, he, he said, uh, "Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, which was coming." What you're coming from, he told me to lay hands on you so you can regain your sight and so you can speak in tongues. I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't even read that. You didn't even hear that. Didn't hear that. He didn't say that either about the people who, uh, who he sent Peter and John down and they had, the Holy Spirit had a fellow. He didn't say that they laid hands on them so they can speak in tongues. You didn't hear that either. Why, is, why do people always want to read something in something that they're not saying? You need power. Do you hear what I'm saying? You need power to be his witnesses. That's what we need. I need it, and you need it. Let's go a little further here. We see the conversion of the Gentiles. We see Cornelius. He's a centurion. He gets all his people together. He sends for the great man of God, Peter. Peter comes. 
Let's pick it up on verse 24. On the following day, he and Caesarea, now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives, his close friends. And when they entered, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet and worshiped him. Peter refused, uh, raised him up and said, hey, don't, 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 don't worship me. And as he talked to him, he found out that the people were waiting. And in verse 29, he says, that is why I came without raising any objection because God has shown me that uh, don't call anything unclean. So the Gentiles are getting ready to come in. And Cornelius said four days ago, about his hours, I was praying in my house, and a man stood before me in, in the shine of God garment. He said, that, uh, look, I want you to send for this Simon uh, and get this man Peter and bring him here. And so here it says in verse 35, it says that, but, all, every, but in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. So he started talking to him. Verse 38, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed with the devil. For God was with them. We are his witnesses. Verse 40, uh, verse 40, God raised him up on the, on the third day and granted that he become visible. Verse 41, not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, that is, to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Verse 42, and he ordered us to preach to people this Solomon of to, and, and to Solomon testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Verse 43. Of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin. Verse 44. While Peter was speaking, while Peter was speaking, it says while Peter was speaking. It didn't say after he finished speaking. Now, we got to catch this because this is, this is, it is puzzled me too, see. While he was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on him. Wait. Oh, that, that, that just blew my theology out of the water, man. You know? As he was speaking, the Holy Spirit, they got baptized with the Holy Spirit as the man is, is speaking. That means that we can be in a room here and we got people that are unsaved, don't know about Jesus Christ. You know, they, they are God fearers. You know, they, they, they go to the synagogue. They, they, uh, they listen to the scripture being said, but they, they don't know this about this Jesus. They don't know anything. And here uh, I'm, I'm speaking and all of a sudden the, the Holy Spirit falls on everybody. And I said, wait, Holy Spirit, wait, I haven't led them to the Lord yet. Hold. Oh. No. When did they get led to the Lord? I'm just asking you a question because I mean, I mean, I'm just reading the scripture. I'm just, I don't know a lot, so I just read, you know, and believe what I read. When did they get, when did they get saved? When did he say, well, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and if you get baptized, then I'll lay hands on you and the Holy Spirit will be imparted to you. None of that, is it? Well, see, the people who say, the people who say that you have to have a second experience in order to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. you got to get saved first. Then, after you're saved, then we'll lay hands on you or the Holy Spirit might fall on you. You ask him, he'll come. 
then you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't read that in this one. In this account, I just don't read it. What I'm reading is that while he was speaking, they haven't been baptized in water. Nobody's led them to the Lord yet. He's just telling them about Jesus, isn't he? He's, he's telling them that, hey, if you believe on this man, you know, you, you're going to be saved. That's what he said. If you believe, you'll be saved. He didn't say, hey, everybody raise your hand if you believe. We're going to have an altar call. He didn't say that. So now I see that the Holy Spirit can uh, baptize people and it be one experience. One experience. You get saved and baptized the Holy Spirit at the same time. At the same time. Now, I know, I know that doctrinally, People have told you, well, there was a fraction of a second between the time that they believed and they got baptized. See, I'm telling you, don't believe all this stuff. Just believe what, you, what the Bible says. Okay? I'm trying to tell you today that we need to go. We need to go to all nations. We need to um, make sure that we proclaim Jesus Christ. We need to make sure that we are baptizing people in water because of the uh, association with the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Make sure you're discipling people, but make sure that you give them power. You tell them about the power that exists in Jesus Christ, in, in, in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, because Jesus Christ is baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he, we need power. I don't care how we get it. I don't care if he falls on us when we get saved. I don't care if it falls on us when you get baptized, because some people... They get baptized, and they come up out of the water. The Holy Spirit come on them. You remember, you remember Jesus? He came on like a dove, you know? You remember that? Uh, so he comes the way how he wants to come. What are we to, to be concerned about how he's going to come? Well, we need him. Do you hear what I'm saying? We need the power. We need the Holy Spirit. So I said that I don't care if it's first spirit. I don't care if it's second spirit. I don't care if it's, if it's, if it's uh, uh, he come when we get back. I don't care. Just come. Holy Spirit, so I have some power. Okay, let's stand.